0: welcome in everybody this is the shorts farmer this is season one episode one and we're so thankful that you're here today we are sponsored by burning bush orchards and we're going to tell you all about burning bush orchards today i'm brandon brown your host and our co-host is eric nicholson all the way in littleton colorado hey guys and we're so lucky to have him we're glad to have you as well And we just wanted to kind of give you the background about Burning Bush Orchards today and how it came about and kind of what the mission is and how it's going to function. And then uh, season one, episode two next week, we're going to go into kind of the specifics about what Burning Bush is doing currently and hopefully what it's going to do moving forward. And so here i just wanted to start off and kind of give you the background basically burning bush orchards was a long thought out process to essentially fund medical missions overseas and the goal is to put in all of the profits that we make and make it a nonprofit organization so it'll be a non-profit agricultural venture which is pretty rare honestly we've looked into it and and there's very few throughout the country they are becoming a little bit more popular with people kind of shuttling profits to certain organizations that they either are a part of or, or that they, you know, truly love. And with us starting both King David's doctors and burning bush orchards, we really wanted to have a venture that could shuttle all of our profits into medical missions overseas and, and, and even medical missions here in the United States. So we decided that we were going to take on this agricultural venture. And the real question is, what do two farmers and our two doctors, excuse me, know about farming? And really, my wife and I know nothing about farming. Neither of us grew up on, on a farm. In fact, we both grew up in town. And neither of us did FFA, 4-H, any of that stuff. So it was really a faith walk in terms of, trying to get into this whole thing. Um, additionally, we've been trying to bring people on board and Eric is one of our special people that we have on board. He's our medical missions director. And what does he know about farming? Not much, if anything. Nope. So <laughs> that, that makes three of three on our administrative team that know pretty much nothing about farming and to make it even more fun and complicated. Our board of directors has seven people on it and not a single person on that board is a farmer either. So as you can imagine, it is a fun adventure and we learn stuff every single day. And that's what this podcast is going to be about. Essentially what we're doing, what we're supporting and all the amazing things we learn. We're looking forward to having all these people on board and guests from government people to regular farmers to you name it, you know we're, we're excited to have them. So if you uh, know anybody or can recommend anybody that you'd like to have on the show, please drop us a message or an email and we'd love to have them on. Additionally, uh, we will be uploading this podcast. And if you are on a certain podcast site that you don't see us on there, please let us know via email or message and we'd love to get it on there. So... We essentially started Burning Bush Orchards back in 2019, and we went ahead and purchased a property here in Red Bluff, California. It is a 70-acre property, and we essentially thought, oh, this will be a great startup property. The real true goal for Burning Bush Orchards is to be a multi-generation, multi-location farm farm agri regenerative agricultural venture, which will support medical missions overseas. We're going to encompass many small, different things as opposed to one giant thing. So we won't be just an orchard, despite the fact that we are called burning bush orchards. It'll encompass both animal husbandry as well as the farming aspect. So we're looking forward to that. We know literally nothing about farming, as I've said and that's part of the faith that goes into this whole thing, and and is part of the adventure, I would say as well. So,
1: so so I have I have lots of questions for you that I know a hundred percent are getting thought about right now because, as we talked about a little bit um, in our king david's podcast and and we'll talk about this more and, and i know we'll be able to unpack you know hopefully numbers you know as, as time goes on uh to, to a certain extent anyway but but i know that there's having ideas is the easy part and dreaming up things is is often not the struggle the struggle then is implementing it figuring out where to start, figuring out how to, how to go about it. And and then certainly then how to finance that dream, finance that call. And when, when I look at, I have, I have two questions that are related to this. So I'll ask this first one, where, where was it, you know, for you guys taking the risk of, okay, we're going to dive into this thing. We're going to not just buy a house, for a family to live in but we're going to buy a farm to start this dream. Oh and by the way, that's not producing any revenue right now. It's not paying for itself let alone raising money to then pay for medical mission trips and stuff. And so what walk me and and the listeners through the the faith journey that you and Jen your wife went on to to get to this point of of
0: even buying the property. Sure. So th- probably one of the most interesting things was actually trying to buy the property. Uh, it's, it's hilarious that you bring that up because I don't think people realize how hard it is to actually buy agricultural property in the United States. It is no easy task. Even as two physicians, it was a huge struggle. You go to a lender and you say, hey, we really want to buy this 70 acre property. We are going to use it for farming. And the first question they ask is, what, you know, what do you know about farming? And you say, absolutely nothing. And they say, no, thanks, denied. And we went through that over and over and over again, because anything over 40 acres was considered an agricultural property. And the very first question on the, on the application is, what do you know about farming? And you know, what experience do you have? And as soon as you said zero, the lender had zero interest in in doing anything in terms of lending to you. So we actually ended up purchasing this 70-acre property under a special uh, loan program for physicians and got a bank that decided to overlook the fact that it was over 40 acres and made us just sign an agreement that none of the land was being utilized for cultivation at the time of our purchase it was allowed to transition to that so we are allowed to move toward that but it was a very laborious process to get to where we're at today and be able to own this property
1: so so in that you know you're you're full of faith because of what the lord has spoken to you you're full of you know the idea that the lord put in your heart and then you show up and, and at least at least day one and, and several days into it, you're you're pretty much told, sorry, don't care about your dream, you're not gonna get this. What is that what did that do for did it did it motivate you more to go after this or, or was it defeating?
0: I would say at first it was quite defeating. It it was really hard because once you get you know your 15th. 18th person telling you, well, if you don't know anything about agriculture, we have zero interest in lending to you. You think, man, did I really hear from the Lord? Did I really know what I was getting myself into? Do I really want to press into this? Because nobody has faith that you can do anything agriculturally at all. And so, it it was really hard. It was a huge challenge. But luckily, as you noted on the King David's Doctors podcast, really, the your wife is your rock and she Jen had faith in us and had faith in our vision and had faith in what we were doing and said, you know, we will find the place that does lend to us and we will find the right place for us to start this venture. And sure enough, we did.
1: And that's, I think that's without it sounding like advice. I think that was good advice for people listening as they go after their dreams and calls. Chances are, you're not going to get your first yes at the first ask. You're not going to get your first, I would love to support you at the first sound of support or the first sound of, I, I need money for this or I need help for that. And and finding that way where the Lord does have an open door. And and I think out of that whole process, I would imagine that you and Jen have a lot more appreciation for the piece of property that you guys were able to get because of the work that you had to put into it um, Just just to get it just to get somebody to believe that you were capable of doing what you said that you were wanted to do with it. And so definitely commend you for that. Um, the second kind of financial aspect, and, and I may be getting ahead of um, myself a little bit here, but as soon as you started talking about it, it, it's a question, it's a mood point I know for a lot of people specifically with missions and and being somebody, you know, pastoring and in the in the past, taking lots and lots of people on mission trips, I would have them raise money all the time, and and most of the time, the raising of money looked like them asking for money from people, and and while I'm not entirely opposed to that, I also don't have a whole lot of value for that. It was a system that we used, and, and I guess in my process in learning, um, I'm realizing that there's actually a better and, and more kingdom and responsible way of actually even doing it, and and so as you've started Burning Bush Orchards, and the whole idea is to funnel money into medical missions organization, you're, you're finding a way to not just have to send out support letters to... Person after person after person, organization after organization, church after church, year after year, to go do this call of God in your life. While while we we love that, and so if you're listening and you do want to support, we we're totally cool with that. Um, but we also know that we have our own hands to work with, that we have our own um, smarts and learning capacities, and and we want to be able to fund. That ourselves and be very successful doing it, and not have to be, for a lack of better phrases, not have to be a slave to the donation, so to speak, and and so in your process and coming up with this idea to start an agricultural farm, an orchard, a vineyard, uh, and and all that. How how did you decide that this was the road that you were going to go to help fund this whole concept, rather than starting a nonprofit and raising support all the time.
0: Right. The, the biggest challenge I think that we face as nonprofits is getting people to buy into the mission. You know, everybody wants to be a part of the mission and they want to pray for you and they want to help you along. But when it comes to the dollar, there's never enough to go around. It just, it just never works out. People, always need more. You always need another donor. You always have another project. You always have more people you need involved. And we really wanted to try to cut out that middleman. And we really wanted to be self-sufficient and give people a product that they can be proud of, knowing that they're utilizing that product and supporting medical missions at the same time. As opposed to, hey, I'm giving this money to this organization. Some of it may go to administrative costs. Some of it may go to the mission field. Some of it may stay in the U- US as salaries, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, we wanted people to know hey, when you buy pork from us, hey, when you buy duck eggs from us, not only are you getting a great product that we take a whole lot of pride in, but you're also able to know that that purchase is going to make a huge difference in somebody's life somewhere halfway around the world and it doesn't have to be a little you know tagline or a little label on on the bottle because people will know that's all we do it's not hey we we do this and we live off of the income and then we give a little bit of this to the mission field in Africa no that's not how it works for our organization for our organization my wife and I are both physicians we utilize that income for our family support so 100% of everything that we make either goes to farm Im- infrastructure or goes to the medical mission field. And, and that's where we wanted to separate ourselves from every other nonprofit organization. We didn't want all the administrative fees. We didn't want all the, the money to help support ourselves. We wanted the money 100% to support this farm and, and the people that are part of the mission.
1: And and for clarity's sake, in there for for people who are listening um, now or or later, if you are asking for money to go on a mission trip, you know I'm not I'm not dogging you for that. I'm not like I said I'm not opposed to that. I'm saying how bad do you want to go after it? You know, how bad do you want it? How much is it is it worth to you to go on that trip? Um, for for example's sake, uh, I had a. a a student years ago, he wanted to go on a mission trip with us to Peru, and he decided to take it upon himself rather than just asking for money. He decided that he was going to go pick up dog poop in his neighborhood for the summer, and he called it "Poop for Peru." And I, I can't remember the numbers exactly. I, I want to say he only needed maybe 2500 $2, bucks, and I think he raised like fifty five hundred dollars picking up dog poop in his neighborhood as uh it was like 13 at the time, something like that. And and the reason I bring up that story and compare it to Burning Bush Orchards is because while there's a, a tremendous amount of value in in John over here donating to Jack over here for his mission trip and and that's how John is is a part of what the Lord's doing Um, in and through Jack, wherever he's going. That's an awesome process. There's something to be said about, hey, will you donate money to my trip? And here's the goods and or service that I'm going to provide. And it helps show that heart for what's happening in whatever trip is going on. In in my student's case, Peru, we're going to an orphanage um, to buy them toys and shoes and um, food and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and so he was walking up to people's houses and some people would give him five bucks to pick up dog poop. And some people would give him hundred dollars to pick up dog poop. And, but because they knew that my hundred dollars, I'm not just giving it to a kid. I'm giving it to, to a kid who's going to give me something in return. And I think that's what the, all the, the duck eggs and the chicken eggs and the pork and you know, the, the magnitude of what burning bush is ultimately going to become and what it's going to sell is, is we're going to replace what you're already buying for something that you're going to consume regardless, you know, who doesn't eat eggs in the morning for breakfast. So instead of buying the store's eggs, buy these eggs like you normally would, but know that your dollar is going go to go to medical missions, to somebody who doesn't have access to antibiotics and and is otherwise potentially going to die over something so easily curable but they just don't have access to it. And that's what this organization's all about. And, and I can't think of, I I don't know of another organization that gives 100% of its proceeds um, over to that side. And so that's, I think that is something that definitely separates what you and Jen have decided to do uh, with the finances. And And rather than just quitting your jobs and saying, this will support us. You're like, no, we can work ourselves and, and we'll work a farm and we'll raise three children and the list goes on. <laughs> um, so uh, obviously total, uh, huge respect for, for you and Jen for what you guys have gone after and all of that. Now with, with Burning Bush, um, how how have you decided to to start, what was the question I'm trying to ask? The process, you said you, you haven't, you don't know anything about farming. So, so unpack that a little bit and tell us what that's been like in this learning process of, of I don't know anything to this is also what needs to fund the call of God in my life.
0: So I would say that really we just showed up here on the property and we decided, okay, what's the easiest first thing that we can go after and, and begin to make a profit in some way? And we sat down and we went through everything we could think of. And we thought, oh, chickens, that's easy. You know, it sounds easy at least. And so we ordered some chickens and they showed up here and we realized we know nothing about chickens. And (laughs) we realized that there's a lot more to it than here, just feed them, water them and let them do their thing. And it was just a steep, steep learning curve, not just from chickens, but from being able to mow in California, something as simple as you take for granted in Nebraska, like mowing grass, you realize I'm out here mowing and it's July in California. And the neighbor who's a firefighter comes over and goes, what are you doing? And I'm like, mowing the grass. And he's like, you're going to start a fire out here. So please don't do that. And I was like, okay, yeah, I have a lot to learn because seasons are completely different. Grass is green here right now where it's brown in Nebraska right now. And the trees are dormant here like they are in Nebraska. So the trees kind of follow, but the grass does not at all. And so it's it's vice versa. And so you learn all these things as you go. And and it's it's been nothing but a learning curve. I literally learn something every single day, which is part of the reason I wanted to do this podcast, because I know there's tons of people out there that are like, man, I want to start a homestead. I want to start farming I want to start ranching I want to start eggs I want to start you know whatever it may be and I want to be an encouragement for them to realize that that dream can happen and and you can go ahead and mix things like a mission for God and farming and regular family life and friends and business and all of these things can intermingle it's a whole lot of work but it's a whole lot of fun at the same time Cool. So
1: having started this, having gone after it, you, you have the house and, and the property and you've started with chickens and a few other things. We'll, we'll probably get into that a little bit later. But what what advice would you give the person listening that's still in the they're, they're on the, the teeter totter of I have this idea, I have this call, I have this dream, I've had this vision what would you say to them in, in the starting process? What, what, maybe, gold nugget or two would you give them? What, what would you tell yourself, you know, prior to, to moving out to California? What would you tell yourself that you know now?
0: So, there, I would say there's two things that really probably are really important. And I think the first one is I was advised by Jacques a long time ago to write down the vision and have it firmly on paper so that we don't stray from the vision and we, we can know an end goal. And, and that was a huge thing for us because I was able to write down exactly what we thought. And obviously, you know, the path may not be directly straight. It may be curvy and windy and you may go one direction and realize, oh, this is not working at all and come back a different way. And all that's okay. You just definitely need to know what the end goal is. And the, probably the second thing that, that I think is really important is not to overthink things. I think often we way overthought what we were going to do and how we were going to do it instead of just letting it come to us and and make the most of, of the opportunities that were in front of us. I think sometimes we try to stray off the path of of resistance when really the resistance is is the right way to go. And so I would just encourage you to to move through resistance and not overthink things and, and just know that as long as you have that end goal and as long as you can always find your way back to the path, you, you'll reach that end goal.
1: Yeah. And for those of you who, who don't know, Jacques is, uh, one of Brandon, Brandon's uh, friends, mentors, uh, spiritual mentors, uh, who's in Africa who helped really encourage him to go after the stream. Um, so just so you know who he is, I'm definitely a part of Bernie Bush, definitely a part of King David's Doctors, and uh, we'll probably have him on this podcast before too long. So uh, so with that, um, I, I hear you saying a lot of, uh, I, I like the the one thing that you said, um, I liked all of it, but one thing that you said that I really liked was not being afraid, uh, basically how I heard it was not being afraid to to go after it, not being afraid to start. Not being afraid to, to make the mess, to make the wrong decision. I think a lot of times people have amazing dreams and calls in their life, and but they're they're too afraid to, to make a mistake as they pursue it, and knowing that. And I'm sure you can attest to this, but having mistakes along the way is a part of it, a hundred percent. It is not something the Lord isn't afraid of a mess. He's not afraid of you hearing wrong. He's not afraid of you going after something and maybe not being able to accomplish it and and then learning how to adapt and adjust and then overcome, you know, to go all military term on you. But, uh, you know, that's something that Brandon has done really well this whole time. And and when he says it's been a high, steep learning curve this whole time, I promise you guys, when he says we didn't know anything, we did not know anything. At all. And, but it, it hasn't been that, that can either be the, the, the fortified walls and giants in front of you, or you can look at that and say, I'm not really sure how to get past that, but I encourage you guys to look back and remember the time where where figuratively or even quite literally manna fell from the sky and fed you. Remember the, remember the last time, your red sea, whatever that story is for you split and you walked through an impossible situation. Remember those times. And and I think as you look at the things that are in the way, quote unquote, of the dream and call in your life, you're going to find out that the Lord is right there with you and that he has answers and solutions and divine, um, ideas about how you're going to get through. And so I just want to encourage you guys on that is, is, I guess the advice I'd give you is start. I don't know where, I don't know how, and I don't know with what, but start. Do something. Brandon said that he had the vision written down and in front of him. So I encourage you to write it down, get it on paper, put it on your mirror in your bathroom, pray about it every day, and find a place to start. Brandon was talking earlier about how they got the property. They started. They looked for a property and they started and they got denied, and so they went in a different direction. And they got denied time and time and time again, and they just kept pressing. They just kept pushing, and, and they found a way. And I think the whole organization is better because of that story and because of that resistance, like what Brandon was saying. Um, so one last question for you, Brandon. As Burning Bush um, is – is getting going and there's a lot of, a couple of different products that's coming out and more to come. And it obviously it's going to grow and it's going to adapt over time. What is something that you see becoming maybe the, maybe it's the mission statement, but what's the one thing that you want people to know about burning bush orchards? You know, you, you mentioned a few things that separate it and how it's going to handle finances, but just in, in the, the structure of itself and what it represents What do you think is is the biggest thing that makes Burning Bush stand apart and why people should ultimately buy from you guys?
0: I would say the biggest thing that I want people to know is that we cultivate for Christ. That's our biggest thing that we try to put into everything that we do. It is all for Christ. When I'm cleaning a pig pen, when I'm cleaning the chicken coop, when I'm doing things that I know are not fun, like pounding posts into the ground when it's 110 degrees here and i think man why in the world am i doing this right now i can look at it and say i'm cultivating for christ this is for a bigger thing than myself this is for a bigger cause than uh, anything that i can probably comprehend at this point and i just keep that in the back of my mind the whole way that the, the end goal is to cultivate for christ so i know that if i do what he's put on my heart, and I do what he asks me to do, that no matter what, the end goal is gonna be what he wants it to be. And so every day, no matter what the job is, I just make sure and keep that in mind that we're cultivating for Christ here. And I know that it might not look how I expected it to look, it might not be how I expect it to be, but the end goal is still the same. And we're looking forward to growing and becoming a true, a true choice among top agricultural products and people uh, for people here in the U S and hopefully throughout the world. It's a beautiful thing. Keep the main thing, the main thing.
1: I like it. Uh,
0: So I just wanted to close and just thank you guys for joining us for this first episode. We're looking forward to episode two next week. Again, that'll be with myself and Eric and we'll go into more depth as far as what our current product selection is, and kind of the, the tasks that are at hand currently, and probably also delve into kind of the long-term vision of what we expect with the with the farm and, and ranch. So uh, again, we thank you for joining us and we're so happy that you're here and we look forward to moving forward with you. Have a great night. Bye guys.